Welcome back, fine townsfolk, to another episode of Random Encounters. I'm Nick. I'm Matt. And here we are on this fine morning to discuss a random monster from a random monster manual. Now, we are so far ahead in recording, this chronologically makes no sense. But as of June 20th, Pathfinder's Bestiary Number 2 is out. It's out. I don't know. And it came out even earlier than that, but I just got it over the week. So this episode, we're going to be looking at Pathfinder Bestiary Number 2. And I am open to page... 71. And Matt, I'm... This is... This critter has been... Actually, he's been around since Starjammer. So it's been around a lot longer than I expected. But th- this is the the newest version for Pathfinder, obviously. And the reason I, 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 was, I gravitated toward this one is normally the art kind of comes off as goofy, but their version of it this time looks really, really cool. Okay. And I'm... But this is... This is, like, third-tier D&D monster. So, like, it's... I, I still would consider it a classic because I've seen it often enough and it's been around long enough. But I'm not sure you're going to be able to get it. I, but I really hope you can. Okay. No, no pressure or anything. So this underground reptilian horror walks on two powerful hind legs. Its forelimbs are armed with sharp curving claws, and its toothy, eyeless, tubular head has three hypersensitive frilled ears that turn toward any sound made in its vicinity. This cruel monster's true weapon, however, is an amplified version of the sonic cry that it uses to navigate, communicate, and hunt. It communicates with others of its kind through a complex series of clicks, shrieks, and whistles, but is intelligent enough to understand other languages. Most understand at least one other language, usually undercommon, and can often be reasoned with. I'm going to, I'll try to show you the picture without showing you the, the, the name here, and you might be able to get it. Oh, boy. Yeah, they normally look really goofy, I find. But again, this is like third or fourth tier. I mean, initially I was going to go kobold, but no. you... Uh, oh, with, with, the, the, with the description, you mean? With the description, yeah. Yeah. So so the, the important things are it has no eyes, and yeah. it has that big mouth w- that it kind of amplifies its its call. It's, it's a sonic echolocation thing. And normally in, in previous images, they've had like pictures of sound waves coming out of its mouth, which is, I think, what makes it look really silly. Yeah, like Banshee from the X-Men. Yep, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, I don't know what that is. It's the Destrican. Oh, yeah, I don't think I've ever even heard of that. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay, I, I, I think just by virtue of of the the art being so so specific that I think it's kind of stuck with me. So they, the Destrican is an obligate carnivore, which means that they have to eat meat. Like that's where they get their nutrients, but they may eat other things for other reasons like dogs, you know, they'll eat grass because they feel sick, but they don't need it for, for food. Sure. The, the Destrican relishes fresh meat, but won't hesitate to make a meal of carrion. It finds in its path. When traveling in packs, the creatures take great detail in stalking travelers through miles of tunnels before attacking and subduing them, then devouring them alive. 
Nice. Yeah. This, I think, this art makes them look so cool. It's basically a dinosaur. It's like a theropod, but with a weird kind of lamprey mouth and no eyeballs. Kind of, it almost has a Stranger Things vibe to it. A little bit. The the Demogorgon, yeah. Yep. That, the way the mouth works. It's like, it's like as if a dinosaur, a herd of dinosaurs got trapped underground and evolved to not need mouths, basically. Or not, not need, need eyes. eyes, rather. Yeah. 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 So they, their language can be learned by other creatures, but without a Destrican's unique vocal organs, non-Destricans can convey only basic notions and concepts with it. In most cases, it's better to speak under common to a Destrican than attempt to use its own language. So it's, it's clearly like an intelligent creature. Yeah, you, you wouldn't really expect that given the initial description and the picture. Actually, its stats are disgusting. It's... Well, first of all, it's an eight. It's a level eight. Okay. It's it's a it has a plus six to strength, plus three to dex, plus four to con, plus three to int, plus six to wisdom, plus three to charisma. Good this lord! This thing's monster, like a literal monster. No dump stats allowed. No, no. If your lowest is a plus three, like that's that is some some tasty rolls. That's really good. Jeez. How large is the creature? It's chaotic, evil, large. It's it's large, yeah. It's a large, it's a large okay. aberration. Yeah, so oh and there there I noticed in the back there's an actual description of of sizes, finally. So we don't have to keep guessing. So I nice. don't have to keep guessing. So large is a large creature takes up a ten by ten space. Oh wow. Yeah. It typically has a reach of 10 feet if the creature is tall or 5 feet if the creature is long. So this is a 4x4 four four square on the grid and has a reach of 10 feet. That's big. I, I didn't realize how big large was. Yeah. And it, it just kind of... Honestly, it goes against what I thought these creatures would be. They, they seemed like they were, you know, small pack animal... Oh, see, I I always just expected them as medium, like just like a little taller than a human. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I thought they would be like small, like almost goblin-y type, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But that these are large, kind of really scary creatures, that's definitely something you don't want to see. Yeah, it adds, it certainly adds to the scary factor. Yeah. And with, I don't know if you've had a chance to look at any of, of Pathfinder's second edition, but they took, they've took the nitty gritty keyword aspect of three five and just ran with it. There's everything now. Oh yeah. Like, so there's sonic damage. There's for for some of its moves, it's audit the it's auditory evocation, occult sonic, incapacitation is in there. Like there's there's everything in this thing now. So. If if you thought three five was bad or or original first edition Pathfinder was bad, they've just they've gone for broke here, and there are even more things to memorize and remember. And if and if if that's the system you're using, then that's great. That's great because because I mean I'm I'm confident with a lot of stuff in five e. I'm just not familiar with this. But if you're kind of fully immersed in in the Pathfinder system then then yeah i mean it shouldn't be that bad 
Yeah, it's interesting. They seem to have streamlined a lot of things in terms of like combat and action economy and whatnot, moving into to second edition for Pathfinder. But now they're there's more of that onus almost on the the DM in this mm-hmm. point because you have to remember all this or have that monster manual next to you so you right. can reference literally everything everybody meets. Yeah, and it's in in one sense I I kind of am I'm intrigued by it because it adds for a a, a finer detail you can get a, a, mm-hmm. a much finer point on things a, a much tighter specificity but. I wonder if it's worth it. I wonder if I, I'd love to hear if anybody is using using Pathfinder Second Edition. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, especially if if you up until now have been using Pathfinder First Edition to see to see what that changes. I'd be really interested to hear. Sure, I think for a long time, a lot of things that I've heard is that Pathfinder is D and D has the mechanics behind it, mm-hmm. where Pathfinder has the older mechanics but better a better grasp on storytelling. Mm. You know, okay. that's where, you know, their adventure paths are legendary in terms of what they bring and that's why people a lot of people will stick with Pathfinder is because if you're not homebrewing this is mm. like that is all laid out and it's laid out beautifully. Interesting. So I I can see them expanding upon almost expanding upon lore which is kind of what they're doing with these expanded monster stat blocks so to speak sure so that you can immerse the players even more in that you have more to throw at them maybe that they can learn on knowledge checks or that you just just throw out there at random intervals Mm -hmm. that's interesting yeah that that certainly can add to it i think some stats here it has a perception of plus 20 an echolocation up to 100 feet has no vision at all it uh, has a plus four status bonus to all saves versus Sonic. Ha- has 135 HP, 27 AC, plus 16 to its fort save, plus 13 to its re- reflex save, plus 18 to its will save. Immunities to blinded and visual and resistance Sonic 15. Has a speed of 25 feet. Melee of Jaws is a plus 20. The damage is 2d8 plus 10 piercing plus 1d8 sonic even when it's biting you so it's, it's yelling at you when it's biting it biting you it's <laughs> a loud chewer yeah it's just yeah he chews with his mouth open yeah yeah uh it has a claw attack of plus 20 and it has the it has the the agile attribute whatever that is thank you pathfinder 2 second edition and that's 2d8 10 plus 10 slashing and it has a couple of different Sonic attacks. Destructive harmonics. The Destrican emits a harsh sonic cry that deals 9d6 sonic damage with a DC 26 basic reflex save. In either a 60-foot cone or 30-foot burst, it can use destructive harmonics. It can't use destructive harmonics again for 1d4 rounds. Then there's shattering harmonics. The Destrican use focuses its harmonics against a single item within 60 feet that is made of crystal, metal, stone, or wood. The target object takes 7d8 sonic damage. The item, If the item is attended, its bearer can attempt a DC 26 basic reflex save for the item. 
the Destrican can't use Shattering Harmonics again for 1d4 rounds. That would be, like, targeted at a weapon, right? I would say a weapon, a shield, armor, something oh, like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then the last one, Painful Harmonics. The Destrican emits a sonic cry in either a 60-foot cone or a 30-foot burst. This discordant ululation resonates along the nerves and bones of living creatures in the area, manifesting as waves of incapacitating pain washing over the victims. Each living creature in the area must attempt a DC 26 fortitude save. The Destrican can't use painful harmonics again for 1d4 rounds. And now something I'm seeing a lot particularly in this one, I don't think I noticed it in the first one, is on some of these moves, it gives you the description and and everything. But if it's not, if there's no damage relating to that, underneath it will be what happens if they get a critical success, what happens if they get a success, a failure, or a critical failure. That's a big part of 2E. Oh, is because it? They, yeah, they've done away with the natural 20 as a critical success success and it's almost like there's a dc for for a failure for a critical failure and so on and so forth oh interesting okay so yeah if you beat something by a certain amount you could make it could be a critical success even though you you, maybe you rolled a 14 or something oh wow and 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 is that up to the dm's discretion no there should be something in there unless Maybe it's something along the lines of there's a kind of a generic thing, like say it's a, a DC, like the the will save or whatever to move out of the way of whatever sonic attack is coming is a DC mm-hmm. 10. And maybe there's a generic, like if you beat it by 10, you it's a critical success okay. or something like that. Okay. I haven't read the, the regular rules in a long time, so I can't remember yeah. exactly. And, and I know... I know in general, I think I think in every edition they they give you examples of like of what an easy DC is or what a hard DC is. So so you basically you use that like the to avoid the painful harmonics, maybe it is a difficult DC, so you have to you have to beat by this amount and you just can use that and plug in those numbers. Exactly. Yeah. I think they still kind of use the the natural one, natural twenty, but it is to go up or down a a success level. So if you roll okay. a natural one and you would have normally, it would have normally been a success given all the bonuses and modifiers and stuff, sure. then because you rolled that one, it's just a regular failure. Oh, okay. okay. And same thing with a, with a natural 20. So if you, but if you rolled that one and it would have been just a normal failure, it drops to a critical failure? It, exactly. Uh-huh. Okay. So, for painful harmonics, on a critical success, the creature is unaffected. On a success, the creature is sickened for one round. Critical, uh, regular failure, the creature is deafened for three rounds and stunned two. Jeez. And then critical failure, the creature is deafened for one minute and stunned three. That's another thing I'm seeing with, with this second edition is there are... It seems like there are more conditions. Conditions, yeah, and condition number. You know, yes. that 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 seems like a new mechanic that they're really kind of jumping feet first into. Yeah, they're really pushing it hard with this one, I think. Yeah. yeah. Which allows for more of a, a narrative fight 
you know, if you're affected in a certain way and it's not just, oh, you got bit and you're bleeding. Oh, you're poisoned. You know, now you're stunned. Now you're sickened. Now you're weakened or deafened. And they're all different things. Exactly. Yeah. And honestly, it this is, I believe this is the first system, like major system that's been created probably with the the digital digital character sheet, you know, creation mm, system mm-hmm. in mind. Because with you, all you these say, conditions... The, you're saying the first Pathfinder system. Well, I think the first of any kind, really. Because I don't... I think 5e came out before you had things like Roll20 and whatnot. Oh, you're, you're saying to to use exclusively while in your game. Yeah, to oh, well, basically okay. to use with that in mind because they have so many conditions uh-huh. that you're going to you're going to, you know, maybe it's going to affect your strength or your decks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're not afraid of putting that kind of stuff in and making you change all those numbers because all you have to do is hit the condition on your on your character sheet. It'll basically. it'll do it for you. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. It's it, it's almost it feels like it's dang, it's treading dangerously into the 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 video gamification that 4E took but but this one is at least relying on the technology as opposed to just trying to translate a video game into a tabletop RPG. Yeah, I mean first edition did a lot of this too where it was you, you know, if you get bit by something you take a certain amount of strength damage or a certain amount of con that's true. damage. Yep, that's true. So but I don't. I think there was a lot of that, and not necessarily as much in the term in the in conditions, I guess. And I think they're kind of okay. translating it to that for this. And honestly, I mean, if if you have the technology, why not? Right. And if you're just homebrewing, I mean, who's who's to say that you need to to do a certain amount of or a certain kind of damage with this, mm. just to make things easier? And you have, maybe have players that are just playing with plain old pencil and paper. Yeah. You just take a, a minus two to your attack or something like that instead. Right. You can certainly back off on some of these things or or try to translate it in a different way. That is definitely an option. Yeah. And that's 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 the the beauty of of having so many resources. But if if that's the case, you need a little more you just need to plan a little bit more, I think, to know exactly what your monsters can do and how they will affect it, it, I think it would make for DMing and combat on the fly just a little bit more of a challenge, but not too bad, I don't think. I don't think, and honestly, if you have a monster as as cool as this one is with, with the powers and the, the abilities that it has, that's definitely something that I would... I would read up on, I would make sure I knew what, what I had and then try to use everything I can throw yeah. it all at the players because that's, you don't want to leave anything on the table here because it's just, it's silly to just have a boring, okay, comes and bites you fight. Yeah. That's, you might as well just be fighting a dinosaur. The whole point of the Destrican is that, that auditory Sonic stuff. Exactly. This guy's pretty cool. It It's, to me though it just feels like like a hook horror or something it's a it's a thing that you run into in the underdark you know sure could be yeah, a, I, could maybe be a mount for something a hook oh. horror on mounted on a destrican <laughs> not <laughs> I sure could that see would go that. over well but 
No, but I could easily see that as being a mount. I could. I was thinking of maybe doing something along the lines of maybe the the PCs see like a a younger version of this, and it's not mm. very imposing. Obviously, okay. because you have because you know Mama Destrican is enormous, basically, for lack of a yeah. better term. Yeah. So you see these little things, basically what I thought they were going to look like mm. before. Yeah. And they come out and they kind of nip at your heels and maybe they yell, but it's not really a yell. It's just kind of a yelp. Yeah. It just sounds like a, a little crappy dog. But it echoes down the caves. Yeah, it echoes and then all of a sudden you hear the other echo come A response. Back. Yeah. yeah. And your bones shake and it's it almost has that same effect like the Banshee that we've talked about multiple mm-hmm. times. Where you don't even have to be near the banshee, and you hear it, and you're you're frightened or whatever it was that that her effect was. Yeah. Well, if if it's dark enough, and I mean, you're hard pressed to have a party member without like low light vision or dark vision at this point because there are so many races. But say 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 this thing is sixty feet away, and you don't see it for whatever reason, you you could still get hit. Uh, you could get a surprise action hit on with with that sixty foot cone. True, you know? very true. And your your party's all clustered together. Everybody gets hit with that thing. So, keeping with the dinosaur theme, when when you when you're seeing this as the smaller version, are you thinking like Compsagnathus, teeny tiny little carrion eater, or more like the, the Dilophosaur size? No, I was thinking more of Compsognathus, the the, the little... The teeny tiny, okay. Oh, yeah, just little kind of... When you, you know, if you come across 10, 15 of them, then it's, it's trouble because sure. you're, you're yeah. just going to be overwhelmed. But yeah. like one or two, you just kind of kick it out of the way and it's it's not a big deal. So so like almost cat-sized, basically the Mage Ripper Swarm, isn't that the one that we were like, oh, these are much bigger than, than we expected them to be? I, I think so, yeah. Yeah. So this yeah. is... Oh that no! Size. Yeah, yeah, we expected them to be small. Yeah, and and they're actually cat sized. This one we want to be cat sized, and turns out to be much bigger. Yes, turns out to be yeah. terrifying. However, I mean, if you can scale it down, I'm sure there's a template somewhere to scale down in size. Like you could have these as little guys too. There's no reason not to. Yeah, I don't see any reason why you can't have multiple sizes of this, whether mm-hmm. it's just in terms of maturity level, like, you know, younger sure. kind of sure. teenager, so to speak, and then full-grown adult. But also, I mean, just as they progress in the in the campaign itself, like, why not? Why not have just a, a little one and then one that's maybe more of the kind of velociraptor size mm-hmm. and then the full-grown big mama? yeah. These are so cool. These are these. I I like that idea a lot. Again, I mean, I don't see them being the crux of a campaign, really. Maybe, maybe a leg of a campaign, but they're really just they're they're something that something else uses, or uh-huh. they're a random encounter. You yeah, know, even the, even though they're they're they seem pretty intelligent. I just I can't think of anything off the top of my head. It's it's not super inspiring immediately. Yeah. They're really cool as a random encounter for sure and it's it should be a fairly memorable one, especially mm. if you use the the skills and I guess the abilities that they have in 
and really kind of hammer that home. Yeah. And it's it's not just a dinosaur fight, like you said. But yeah. I can see them with almost a symbiotic relationship with the drow or something. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. They speak they speak under common. They're intelligent enough to to be utilized as allies for whatever reason. Yeah, I could see that. I could see yeah, that. I, I, guard animals or, or something yeah. along those lines. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they're not mounts because that... If you're that intelligent, maybe that's beneath you. Right, right. But but yeah, they could just be patrols. They could be, like you said, guards, things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you get captured by the drow, and then this is what's standing between you and freedom. Yeah, that's true. That's a that's a really cool way to to introduce them. Or or you like you break out of your cage, and it just so happens that the the jail is 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 it right in between the path of this thing's this thing's like guard path or something. So, sure. so you you don't see it at first. You think you're free and then this thing like walks around the corner. Yep. This yeah. maybe these are the the lookouts and kind of like the remember in Lord of the Rings when trouble was a brewing and they just started lighting the fires and you just see basically all across New Zealand mm-hmm. the the fires coming. <laughs> all of New Zealand, yeah. All of New Zealand. The maybe Quite a ways out from whatever the the main goal that you're trying to get to, mm-hmm. you you're noticed by one of these, and you hear the sound ring out, and then further in the distance you hear another one, and mm-hmm. then further in the distance, even than that, you hear yeah. another one. So it's just this kind of alarm system. That's cool. I like that. Yeah you you have to use the auditory in this. You have to like that is the only point of the Destrican. Yeah, there could be no destrican in space. There in space, no you destrican't hear you scream. No no one no, uh, it doesn't work. It doesn't quite work. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to pull it together. Oh, it's it's there are too many too many pieces put together. <laughs> okay. I I mean, pretty cool. Pretty cool. I love the art. I mean, that's the thing that I, I keep gravitating to. That yep. alone is a is a very cool reveal, and again, especially now that we we realize just how gosh darn big a large is. Like, oh yeah, that's you you are you are legit fighting a dinosaur here. So, if you were to rate this, hmm, what scale would you rate this on first? First of all. Earplugs? One to ten earplugs? Yeah. How many how many earplugs would you give this thing? I think we came around a little bit. I, it was probably a bit lower initially, mm-hmm. just because it's a cool, like you said, random encounter or something like that. But I think we've like we always do, we found some neat ways to use them, maybe in conjunction with some other underdark creatures, whether it's the drow, the hook horror, etc. Mm-hmm. I'd go like a, a solid four. Yeah, that's I think that's exactly where I would go with it. Really really cool little little experience. Could be a very memorable experience for your players. Yeah. But it's being crucial to your campaign or to even a a, a smaller story hook. I don't I don't see it. You there's nothing so unique about this that you can't swap this out for something else and probably do the get the exact same result, you know? The only thing I would say to that effect is if you can find a way to, obviously you're going to use the auditory stuff 
in the campaign. But if you mm. can find a way outside of the campaign to find a sound effect or something you can just play mm. on your computer, then at a, a later date, say further down the line in the campaign in the Underdark, you can just kind of play those sound effects again. And maybe mm. they never come across another one. But they hear it, maybe they hear it at a lower volume, something along those okay. lines. Yeah. Where just so that you can remind them that these these things are out. They're patrolling, mm. they're just they're living in this space. So you have to be careful. Yeah. Because you, you don't want to run across another one of these. Sure. It is it's it is part of the ecology of the underdark. Exactly. And if, if you're if you're taking advantage of sound effects and you have the time and resources to do that and you're really building that sound atmosphere for your players as well, that that's awesome. That's a great idea because yep. be, because this thing should have a really unique cry. And if they hear it once, they should know what that sound is. Oh, yeah. Make sure you're not reusing this and recycling it for something yeah. else. Yeah. And and even if even if they don't quite remember. What that sound is belongs to i imagine at least one person in the party is like oh crap we've heard that before what is that and 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 just subconsciously it fills them with dread exactly that's cool i like that a lot i like that a lot and and if if that is if that is an aspect you're using in your campaign in your games like that's this is this is the guy to use that with. I think that's a really good idea. But that being said, I mean, you could you, if you could find unique sounds for everything and and tie those in, like that's cool too. True, for yeah. sure. All right, that is four earplugs for the Destrican. The art is really cool, so I'll I'll give it a I'll give it a gold star sticker for that too. And that is it for this week of Random Encounters. Come on back next week for another random monster from a random monster manual. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, Random Encounters is a proud member of the Feckless Momes Audio Network. Hey, fine townsfolk. I've got another podcast that you might like to listen to. It's not a feckless moms joint, but you still might like it because you're great big nerds. Take a listen. Are you itching for a good story? Laughter among friends? Maybe a mystery? Fire Breathing Kittens is a standalone Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Each episode is a separate three hour long story, like a movie for your ears. You can listen to these adventures in any order. Join us on an actual play D&D quest as we solve mysteries, attempt comedic banter, and enjoy friendship. Fire Breathing Kittens Podcast. Fantasy, action, mystery, and friendship.